We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Vince, are you ready for rapid fire? I'm always ready for rapid fire, baby. Let's do this. Got a couple uh, Got a couple extras that have come through the chat so far nice. already that I'll, that I'll throw in here as, uh, as they come up. Fill in the blank on this first one, though. It's blank that on three has dropped Notre Dame commit C.J. Carr from number 10 to number 14 quarterback in the 2024 class. Comedy. Pure comedy. That, that he continues to fall down these rankings. That You're telling me that there's 13 better quarterbacks in this class than C.J. Carr? That's a joke. That is, that is a hilarious joke. And at the end of the day, it means absolutely nothing. But he will prove this idiot, whoever put this list together, completely wrong. That's, and that's what's going to happen. Know, that's, you know, it's been, like from a Notre Dame perspective, what difference does it make right now? Right. I get it. Like, you, you know, you've got reason – as a Notre Dame fan, to be ticked off that your guy is is dropped in this ranking for whatever reason, even though he went to the Elite Eleven and performed like everyone who went to the Elite Eleven, basically, you know, not not everyone, but the general consensus is he was a top five quarterback at the Elite Eleven. Now all of a sudden, you're going to tell me he's the number fourteen quarterback in the country. Hilarious. But to your point. What difference does it make at this point? He's been a firm commitment, uh, you know, like yep. he's been locked he's in the whole time. He is coming here. He's, you know, one of the highest regarded rated quarterbacks that, you know, we've seen coming in the door as a true freshman in a long time. He's going to be here. He's going to play. So what difference does it make? What You know, like what some yuckety yuck thinks about CJ Carr. He's your guy. He's going to be here. And uh, I think we've all got a lot of confidence that, once he gets here, he's going to perform at a top level. But, Chris, I would not put him top 10 going into next year because we haven't seen him yet. <laughs> Neither would I. <laughs> like to see him first. CBS Sports says Irish running back Audric Estime is primed for a breakout year this season. Do you buy or sell that? Oh, I absolutely buy that because last year he was like the closer, right? To use a, a baseball term, he was the closer and he would come in when defenses were, you know, in the second half and just punish them, just punish them for being alive. And he's going to do that all game now. And I think that he is absolutely primed for a breakout year. I don't know 
that he's going to have like the stat line that says, you know, all time, you know, whatever, whatever. But his impact on the game for Notre Dame is going to be breakout year. He's going to be the unquestioned number one back as long as he stays healthy the entire time. He's going to run guys over. He's going to run away from guys. He's going to make guys look stupid. It's going to be fun to watch. I would be, I fully anticipate him being in the draft at the, you know, next, next April. Fully anticipate that being the case. This was a little bit of a, not trick question, but I wanted to see, like, if you were thinking the same as me, you are not. Like, Uh-oh. I understand your rationale. Like, I consider Andre Estime broken out, though. Like, 920 oh, okay. yards last year in his first season as a running back. I consider him broken out already. So that's that's kind of, you know, again, I wanted to see, so like, sort of how, if you and I interpreted this the same. You obviously look at it, and, I, you know, again, I get your point. You know, like, he was more the closer, the bulldozer, you know, the battering ram at the end of games and, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, business was a booming, I guess. He did pretty well in that role as he ended up with 920 yards. But I think when you run for over 900, I think he's already broken out. Now, maybe if you're talking about, like, is he going to become, you know, more like a household national name, that kind of thing, you know, okay, maybe to that extent he hasn't broken out. But sure, I think he's broken already and now he's just looking to continue it and like you i think he's going to be a guy who's that. in the draft getting ready for training camp a year from now you set me up and i missed the alley-oop <laughs> hey, that's all right <laughs> again we all have different uh interpretations i see where you're coming from though i mean when you rush for almost a thousand yards are you have you broken out already like <laughs> right i i get that right. i i guess i would look at it and you brought and it up I, and i, was, I honestly Phrase the question the way it was so that I didn't lead you in that direction. I wanted to see That's good. what we would each think of this. I, so. I think I think he will become more of a household name moving forward. He's a household name with Notre Dame fans. I don't think he's a household name with non-Notre Dame fans. And I right. think that this is going to be a year. They have some marquee games on the schedule where that could potentially like, be the case. You yeah, know, like is he a guy that yeah, is he a guy that like Game day and big noon kickoff are talking about the right. week after, you know, like going into Ohio State and coming out of Ohio. Him State. being like, like a key to the game, make, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Does he become that kind of guy? That would, that like, I could see that as a different kind of breakout. Right. Yeah, Chris says going back to the, to CJ Carr might end up being the day one starter, him or Minchie, but love Angeli. And I mean, you know, he could be day one starter. That's He could be. I, 24. The offseason. 24 quarterback situation is about as wide open as it gets in my personal opinion. And mm-hmm. you got to add whatever, whatever quarterback they get in the transfer portal to like, that's who knows who's going to be the starter. I have no idea. Nobody does. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. On the subject of Audric Estime, Chi-Town asks, would we rather see Estime rush for 1,500 yards or Hartman throw for 4,000? That's easy. It's Hartman throw for 4,000 because that means he also threw a boatload of touchdowns, and which right. means Notre Dame scored a boatload of points, which means right. they won a boatload of games. So <laughs> it's Hartman for me, hands down. Yeah, because I still think for Estime to get that, that's – I think if Estime gets 50 – you know, and again, this is not taking anything away from Audric Estime – but I think if he gets that big a number, it's probably because at least one, if not two other running backs of, you know, are, are limited or hobbled to some extent. And he has to carry the bulk of the load a yeah. little bit more. That's that's just kind of how I look at right. it. And, right. and I agree. Like if if Hartman's throwing for four thousand, they're lighting up the scoreboard. You know, they're they're playing video. It's gonna be like, it's gonna be like a pinball there. machine. You know what yeah. I mean? It's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. Yep. And then Leopard Iron says, any updates on when they're going to announce the new apparel deal? From what we've nope. heard, sometime before the end of this month. So there's there's no firm date on it, but we've just heard supposed to be but you know before the end of this month. So it, it is anytime. Uh, My sources say it could happen as soon as tomorrow. Really? No. Now oh. see, that's again. <laughs> I was just playing Sean. with you there. But John. I like to me when I hear somebody say it could happen as soon as oh, tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I could also win the lottery as soon as tomorrow. Right. Or, right. You know, Means nothing. Could, yeah, that's that's right. Anything could happen as soon as tomorrow. But right. Will it actually. So I didn't yeah. I didn't mean to play with. Oh, see, you started something. So, <laughs> yes. no, here. So. I got to say, and this is nothing to do with, with Leopard's question or anything like that, but I will say that this this topic, this particular topic about the apparel deal has grown so old for me. I don't give a crap who they choose at this point because it doesn't affect me in any way, shape, or form. Right. I don't care. It does not matter to me. I And you know what? No matter what gets picked, you know, just look at the chat right now. 
You know, please yeah. no Under Armour. Please no Nike or Jumpman. You know, it's like, yeah, it's not going to be universal. It's just like tuning in the TV and, and seeing the announcers. You know, it's like not everyone's going to be unanimous on whatever they pick. The, the most, wh- whoever they end up with, it's going to be sort of the fine print in the details in this right. agreement that right. I'm going to be most curious about. Things Correct. like, you know, and we might not even find out, you know, like to what extent NIL might be involved in this. Right. Or will there be flexibility for, you know, like, will it be mostly an apparel deal, but will there be right. flexibility in terms of what shoes the players are allowed to wear, you know, different brands and that kind of thing. This is the most overrated comment and I, it's nothing against you, Chris, but I've heard this multiple times. Kids don't choose schools for who their apparel dealer is. That's, that's not a thing, man. Like, I'm sorry. Like, that's not, literally, have you read any of the recruiting stories right. you know, that, that we have on the site? Have you ever seen, you know, like under armor or not, you know, not, like if you, like none of that that doesn't come up when no. they ask. Recruiters. Nobody's like, I picked Notre Dame because of Under Armour. I picked Alabama because of Nike. Like that's not a thing. It's right. it's just not. I'm sorry, it's not a thing. So yeah, Crystal's talking about polls and people wanting Nike. That has nothing to do with recruiting. Zero, zero. Right. So, and then there's not there's nothing you can do to convince me otherwise. Unless a bunch of five-star recruits start telling people, well, I picked this school because of their apparel deal, which isn't happening. They're not picking one school over the other because of who provides their free shorts. And that's what I was getting ready to say. No matter what the brand is, the players wear, the players get everything for free. They don't have to pay for any of it. Right. So, they don't like, care. They really don't care that much. And I, I do understand now, the shoe situation. The shoe for, I get issue. that. I get right. that. But – People aren't turning down uh, playing for the women's basketball program at Notre Dame because they're an Under Armour school. And unless you've heard otherwise, Sean, you're a lot closer to the the women's program than I am. But if Neil Ivy is offering scholarships to the top players in the country, they're not like, yeah, you got Under Armour. I'm going elsewhere. Right. I don't think that's happened. I, I realize there's an issue with the shoes, and I'm not debating that. But they're not picking where they go to school because of it. That- you know to my knowledge that has not happened like if you watched any games last year you might have noticed there were a couple of players who were wearing shoes that weren't under armor by the end of the season look at you say who well i gotta do is all you gotta do is go back and look a couple look at a couple games at the end of the season it was out there and it was pretty obvious (laughs) especially from where i sat but right but when i asked them about it they said the shoes are horrible they don't make their feet feel good that's exactly you know that was you know that's that's why and so they wore shoes that made their feet feel better you know and yeah i just it is what it is some guns and buns i mean carnell tate made a comment that was looking for a bag of money with nike had to say yeah like because he was looking to get paid yeah and you know like to that, I mean, just look at the whole scandal from a couple of years ago, you know, in college basketball. That whole thing stemmed from Adidas and Nike and, you know, paying players to go to certain schools. And so now that NIL is a thing, it, it wasn't back then, but now that NIL is a thing, of course the shoe companies, are, you know, they're going to pump even more money into it now. So, like, to that extent, yes, but, you know, because they can they can hide that 
under the guise of NIL now. And we all know that, that that's out there, and that's obviously a factor in recruiting. So it's not as much the shoes. It is the NIL, regardless of, you know, of, of whatever and, you know, whatever team it is and what brand, but the fact that schools can hide that money behind the NIL, you know. All right. I want to bring this one up from Irish Shytown. Irish Shytown always brings up good points. So I yeah. want to bring this up. He says, Vince, UNC put out an article a few years back that having Jumpman helped them with recruiting, and they probably meant the shoes. That's great, but they're not exactly a neutral party when it comes to putting right. out that article. It's Notre Dame put out an article that said, Under Armour helps us with recruits. Like, right. that doesn't – no, and I – It's being I, a partner with Jumpman. Right. Promoting the brand that you've got – you know, on, on your athletes, like you can say that, but what is it? It's, it's basically, it's, it's just PR for the shoe right. company, for the apparel it, company. UNC probably has better, better, uh, you know, traction with recruits when they say that Michael Jordan went here as opposed to his silhouette is on the gear. Right. I mean, so yeah, let me put it this way. Is it a factor? Sure. Because Sure. Everything is a factor. It's very low. Is it the factor? No. Like (laughs) it's very low. Whatever factors I think start up here, and then shoes probably falls at the bottom of the list. I I think it would probably end up being, you know, somewhere around eight to ten for most players. You know, like if they made a list of of whatever you know their their factors are in in what school and what program that they're going to end up with. So is it a factor? Yes. I just don't think it is anywhere close to being the factor for anybody. Unless the NIL comes into play and then right, you know, of you're talking about money changing hands. Right. Crystal says, he's quoting me, he was looking to get paid. 17-year-old players look at apparel. What 17-year-old do you know that has to go to New Balance to get clothes? A hell of a lot, actually. And I don't know when the last time you went and walked to a high school, but I would say a very large percentage of kids are walking around with New Balance shoes. So that's just a bad example, in my opinion, that New Balance is a, is, a, is a shoe that these kids wear. And I'm not saying that New Balance needs to be sponsoring football teams anytime soon. But if you're going to bring up New Balance, that is a very popular brand with 17-year-olds right now. So just throw that out there. Mr. 2.0 seconds your emotion. <laughs> there you go. All right. So anyway. now we can... Now we Ooh. can get off the very divisive <laughs> apparel. <laughs> and, you know, just to go back, supposed to happen sometime this month. We don't have any more right. information. And you know what? I can't I wait for them when, to announce it. I said it. what I said earlier. I can't wait for them to announce it so we don't have to talk about it anymore, to be honest with you. Yes. Yeah, I mean, again, I'd just like to see kind of what the finer print. You know, the biggest thing for me, I think is regardless of the brand, especially if it ends up being Under Armour, will there be any flexibility in what shoes the players right. wear? Right. Can they choose their own? I mean, obviously the women's basketball team wore their own, so there must be some flexibility in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which would be harder to stomach, Vince? Brian Kelly winning a national championship at LSU or Tommy Reese helping Alabama win a national championship? Oh, that that might be the easiest question you've ever asked me. It's 
the the harder thing to stomach would be Brian Kelly winning a national championship. There's no doubt about it. If Alabama wins a national championship, it's because, you know, Tommy Reese obviously played a big role in it, but he's part of the machine, man. He's a cog in the machine. And they won just because of who they are. It this is this is absolutely it would make me want to it would make me sick to my stomach to watch Brian Kelly hoist up the national championship trophy. <laughs> I would be visibly ill. I agree. And you know, like Nick Saban has won national championships with multiple offensive coordinators. Like Tommy Reese would not be the guy, like he would not be the reason Alabama ends up winning a national championship. If Brian Kelly goes down there to LSU and wins one. I think that that's going to oh. make a lot of Notre Dame fans sick. But, you know, again, it's like, hate Brian Kelly if you want. And, I, you know, none of us are the by any stretch of the imagination, the biggest Brian Kelly fans right now, especially with the way that he left. But, you know, I said when he when he took the job, if freaking Les Miles and Ed Orgeron sure. can go to LSU and win national championships, Brian Kelly had to be sitting there going, come on, are you kidding me? And so, you know, he made his little deal with the devil and he headed down south. But that would That'd be, be my answer as well. For sure, it would be horrible. It would be horrible. It would be. I would have that that image just burned into my brain, and I would. It would haunt my nightmares. It would be horrible. <laughs> All right. So the Kansas City Chiefs are the favorites in Vegas to repeat as Super Bowl champions, and Georgia is the favorite to win another college football national championship as of right now. Would you bet on either of those two? to win it all this season, or would you take the field against them? I would take the field in both cases. I would feel better about taking the field in the NFL than in college football, to be honest with you, even though there's more teams and, and the field like you know uh, makes my odds better on, on the college football side, but I would take the field in both. Um, I just I, – I think there's too much parity. Well, there's too much parity in the NFL – there's just enough parity where I wouldn't take Georgia in college football. Just enough. Because there's still tears, you know, and all of that in college football. Not anybody can win the national championship. I, I got to go field as well. It is It has been almost 20 years since an NFL team repeated as Super Bowl champion. And that was New England in 04 and 05. Like, that's yeah. how long it's been. And, you know, Kansas City is – they're obviously the closest thing to a sure bet that you can get when you look at the fact that they've won a couple of Super Bowls, what, in the last uh, four four seasons now, and they've been to another one as well. You know, they're, they're the closest thing to New England that we've had basically since Tom Brady left the Patriots. So um, I would still bet against them because there are still just as good of odds, I think, like – on average, there's there's one team that goes from worst to first in its division in the NFL. You know, like look at the Bengals a couple of years ago and and what they did. They came out of nowhere. Now, they obviously didn't win a Super Bowl, but they got sure. to the Super Bowl. Georgia's a little bit different right. because they, you know, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, when you look, you know, like Nick Saban, you know that he's good, but like he's got the quarterback, really both of those teams that there are a lot of quarterback questions when you sit back and look at it across the SEC this year like you know so it's going to be really interesting to see where they end up and obviously we know that Alabama has a quarterback you know 
question you know, with Tyler Reese or uh, Tyler Reese, Tyler Buckner and Tommy Reese combined the two down there. So um, I would, I would take the field against both of them though, yeah. as well. Yep. Especially, you know, when you've got Alabama lurking and everything else. You got Notre Dame lurking. Okay. There you go. <laughs> On the come. That's right. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So David Ross, I, I meant to ask you this yesterday, and oh, I forgot I saw this. He got ejected in the first inning of the Cubs game against the Yankees Sunday. It was their last game, of course, before the All Star break. And here's what I'm going to clean this up a little bit. Here's what he said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here's what he said to home plate umpire Alex McKay, and they caught it on microphones. You've got to be better. You got one bleeping game before the break, and you're that effing bad already <laughs> so rate that rant vince on a scale of one to ten i'd give it like a seven and a half eight i would have liked it to be longer i want more i always i always want more like he walked out he got so he's chirping from the dugout he gets ejected once he gets ejected he walks out and he gets in the face of the umpire he says like those two sentences and then he walks back like I guess there's the whole like the George Costanza like leave him wanting more kind of a thing like a mic drop <laughs> right. moment because I, the announcers loved it they're like that's the best thing I've ever heard yeah right. they, they were all Paul over it. was going crazy on the Yes Network oh it was hilarious but I want more like he was on a roll keep it coming man keep it coming so and it was like it was the first inning it was the first batter of the first inning I think like it was yeah, early. Even, yeah the, like it hadn't even started like yeah. like and that's what I didn't understand was Kyle Hendricks was warming up in the umpire. Like, I, I guess Hendricks, what, threw like one too many warm-up pitches or something like that? So the umpire assessed him a pitch clock violation. Oh, really? The count was 1-0 to the batter, and that's got Ross, you know, got Ross worked up. And Ross got thrown, like I think you said, before he even got to home plate, you know? So, like, right. he gets to home plate. And I thought that, like, for someone especially who had gotten tossed already – this was pretty mild. So like I'd, I'd still give it an eight, but I thought it was, I did think it was pretty, it, it was pretty golden. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. you got one game before the break. You can't be this bad already. You know, exactly. Just, that was just great. Be good right now. And then you've got a three day break. Why are you this bad before the game has even started? Uh, that it was, was, yeah, it was pretty good. It was a great yeah. comment. It, I mean, it was a great comment. I mean, he left us wanting more. There's no doubt about that. So David Ross, you get, Hey, the bell. first bell. First David bell. Ross gets the bell. 
I love it. David Ross gets the bell. And they won the series. They ended up winning seven to four. They win the series. And you got a little bit of good momentum going into the all-star break if you're a Cubs fan. So yes. love it. All right. One more question for tonight. This is a question from a listener that uh, we got, I think, in a mailbag maybe last week that we hadn't been able to get to yet. What coach is or was the best to listen to in a post-game press conference? I had to really think about this one. Um, and and I had to go back in my head and, and remember sitting in the post-game press conferences and listening to the opposing coaches and and for those of you that don't know, this is how things went. So they had one post-game press conference room. They would bring in the opposing head coach first. Then they would bring in the Notre Dame head coach. And then they would right. bring in Notre Dame players. And if you wanted to talk to an opposing player, they were just kind of out in the tunnel area. So we all got to hear the opposing head coach, which I kind of liked, to be honest with you. I, I enjoyed that opportunity. They don't do that anymore. You have to pick have which coach. Separate rooms, right? yeah. You got to pick which coach you want to hear talk. Does the, does the does the visiting coach even get a room, or do they just do like? That's a good room? question. I'm not even, even sure because the new interview yeah. room, quote unquote, new, is over on the visitors' side where mm -hmm. the visitors used to be interviewed. So I don't know the answer to that. To be honest with you, um, I'm sure he's got some place where he can be interviewed. But I remember enjoying listening to Pete Carroll. I would agree with Jim, that. And Jim Harbaugh. I, I enjoyed listening to those. And I'm talking about when Jim Harbaugh was at Stanford. Uh, and obviously Pete Carroll was at USC. Um, I, I enjoyed listening to those guys because you never really knew what they were going to say. Um, and the one, and I know this isn't the question, but the one that I hated the most, Lloyd Carr. <laughs> I did not enjoy Lloyd Carr just because like as much as you hate Michigan, I just loathe Lloyd Carr. Oh, and I've you know me like too. he tried to you know sort of like he tried to play that game when the, when the cameras were on him, but you know there's like the time where he's walking off the field that like he was just you know treated a, a sideline reporter like total crap. I remember walking. I can't remember which one it was. I I don't want to say. I know it was a female. I don't want to say the name. It was just like. Got what I thought was a legitimate question and just did kind of the stare down and, you know, shook his head kind of thing. And it's like, yeah. you know, like coach better if you don't want to, you know, right. be asked a question. Like, yeah. So I couldn't stand Lloyd Carr. John L. Smith, do you remember him, the Michigan State oh, coach? Oh, good he call. Was, he was a goofball, man. And yes, he like, was. That was back in the Brady Quinn days. And I remember, yep. you know, like he was asked a question about Brady Quinn and he called him Quinn the Eskimo. And he would just always like have just some weird kind of quippy stuff, you know, to say that, you he, know, he, you never knew what was going to come out of his mouth. Yeah, he was. That's a good one. That's a real I forgot about him. That's a really good one. Yeah, this is a interesting question. Is Coach Kelly a robot? I would. He's not a robot because like especially, you know, after I mean, as we've all seen before. After a loss, he got he got a little bit better because I think he got, you know, he got talked to. Reprimanded. By, yeah. Yes. For for throwing players under the bus and so he you know some of the other notorious for but that. He he is much better on Monday after he's had a couple days, you know, to yes. think about some things that he's going to say. The yes. emotion 
usually gets to Brian Kelly in the immediate aftermath of a game. You know, just like, again, you know, like think about he was asked after the Alabama game about closing the gap and that kind of thing. And, you know, it was everybody else's fault but his. He's so you know, good that, at that. that they lost and there was no gap to close and all that uh -huh. kind of stuff. Yeah, so I would not call him a robot by any means. He lashed out quite a bit. At oh, a lot of yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. Chris. That was after the hurricane game. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I and remember. Sam Mustafer for the snapping. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yep. Never got to cover Andy Cheat nope. Sheet said Mike Leach, famous for his interviews. We never got to cover Mike Leach, unfortunately. Yep. So it's got to be somebody that came through Notre Dame Stadium, essentially, because right. didn't go on the road very often. And uh, so I agree with what you're saying, though. I like sometimes. It, you know, it really like you sat there and you waited and you waited, you know, like the opposing coaches sometimes could take a while. And maybe that's ultimately why they ended up splitting them up. But, yeah, I do miss, you know, getting to hear some of those guys talk a little bit like men's mm -hmm. basketball. You know, they typically, you know, they, they do that format still over at Notre Dame after the game. Okay. Like they bring in the visiting coach first and then, you know, they used to bring in Mike Bray, obviously, when he was here. But. Yeah, so you'd get to hear from like Coach K or Roy Williams or Jim Beheim and you know those those kind of guys. And it was uh oh never mind. I can't because I can't uh Buzz, Buzz Williams. Oh uh, from Marquette. Well or, Marquette and then Virginia Tech, and he's at yep. Texas AM now. When he was at Virginia Tech, or like the I think it was one of the last times he came here, if not the last time, he told a story about how when he was still in college. He was trying to, you know, he wanted to become a coach. And he said he wrote letters to every coach in America, you know, asking, you know, like for advice and, you know, like, what do I, you know, all this different stuff. He said Mike Bray was one of, if not the only guy who wrote back, he was one of like two or three maybe yeah. who wrote back. And so he said he always remembered him for that. And like, that's a story that, you know, we don't get if, you know, if, if the setup's not like that. Right, so, exactly. Get a little bit different perspective. Here's some of that different kind of stuff. I thought that was kind of cool. So so I would include uh, Buzz Williams, even though he's not a football coach. I would include him on that list I like as well. It. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bo Schembechler, none of us were around. He's going to say, uh, not that old. Here. You know, I might, I might look that old, but I'm not that old. So. <laughs> <laughs> Vince was... Vince was still trying to figure out if he was going to middle school dance back in the Beauchambeck. Yeah, that days, when when was he coach, man? Like that was I'm trying to remember like cuz he might have even been cuz like Gary Moeller was like Gary Moeller was definitely by the mid 90s. I can't remember. Let's see if I can find here real quick when Beauchambeck looking it up. Retired. Come on. Here we go. He was at Ohio uh, Michigan from 69 to 89. There you go. Yeah, so, we definitely weren't around back then. No, I, I was Tim Priester he, about that. I was eight when he last <laughs> coached a game at Michigan. Yeah. So, wow, Chris is fifty. He's not much. He's just a little bit younger than me and just a little bit older than you. So, right in the middle of us. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today's show. We appreciate you joining us today. We've got more shows, of course, coming up over the course of this week as we get a little bit closer to the start of training camp. I'm not allowed to say when it starts, but 
hit the like button on your way out and of course subscribe rate and review and we will talk to you tomorrow on ivy nation sports talk